It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, October 21st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that, I don't know, Russ, man, this whole back-to-back thing, again, so close, do not like it. Do not like it at all. Yeah, I don't love this year's schedule for any team. All right, well, we'll get into that back-to-back on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the curmudgeonly sometimes Russ Cohen, <laughs> who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the latest Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, we are going to talk about that back to back this weekend against the Preds on the road and then the Sharks at home. We are going to talk a little bit more. We started this yesterday, but a little more about, you know, the A's on the jerseys and Mm -hmm. the who, what, why of that. And uh, the reverse retros came out and uh, definitely want to talk about those, especially what the Flyers did that absolutely like got to me. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening right now. Hit that subscribe button so you can get all of our episodes. We're also over on YouTube, so you can watch us there as well. Russ, I'm a sucker for the Cooperalls. I got to say it. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Uh, back in the day, I was not in the market, you know, so being in New York, we used to kind of laugh at them. But... I do also understand how uh, all these years later, because people haven't seen them, that it's going to be a thing. So, like, I get it. I I totally get it. You know, everybody is always so focused on the jerseys and what they're going to be. And we're going to talk about that and pick out a couple other of our favorites. But I think that there's so much more to some of the style and the design that has happened over the years in the NHL. And I just appreciate that the flyers like drew from that history Mm -hmm. and didn't just focus on the jerseys because the flyers jerseys are pretty classic. And every time they've tried to mess with it in any significant way, it's been bad. Like there was that weird silvery logo thing that they did once, you know, some people like the black jerseys and some people don't. Uh, oh, there's str- on... strong reactions both ways. Yeah, yeah, there are. And I get that because, you know, orange is the team's primary color. So to have a jersey that doesn't have orange as the primary color seems off in some ways. You know, there's like the people that want to do those old Quakers jerseys. There's people yeah. that want to bring that one off teal design that was out there for a while. There was that fake jailbreak one that yeah. people bought a lot of. Yeah. So I think that. You know, the fact that they took an existing jersey, reversed it like Mm -hmm. an older jersey and literally reversed it. That did the job. Um, There's slight differences like with the sleeves and and stuff. But, you know, so it's a white version of that black jersey with the orange on the sleeves. I think it's fine. 
I like it. I think it's pretty sharp, but it's nothing like mind-blowingly creative, right? But I think with the Flyers jersey... I mean, it's more creative than the Senators. I, I, I barely noticed well, anything from them. Yeah, yeah. But I think the Cooperalls just like makes everything because it's something unique to Flyers history. I mean, you know, I think it was the Oilers was the, or no, it was the Whalers. It was the Whalers. That was the other team that did it. Yeah. It'll be fun for, to watch in warmups. There's no way the league would ever have allowed it no. for in game. We know that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it would have been a mess, but I'm very excited to watch them skate out in these. Mm -hmm. I hope they have some available for like charity auctions or something like game worn Cooperalls from the current team. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I hope they sell them because I would pay good money for them. Yeah, just, and you know what? <laughs> Throw like Tim Kerr in there for warmups and not tell anybody, you know, let them be a part oh of the God. team. That'd be hilarious, right? I would absolutely love that and um, everybody yeah everybody in number 12s um and some people could be simone gagne some right. people could be michael raffle yeah. just like mix it in there as well um, that would be, be fantastic yeah so the first time we're supposed to see those is uh tuesday november 8th versus the blues so very much looking forward to that there's a bunch of dates over the season you can look them up on the flyers website we'll put a link in the show notes as well as far as the other standouts in the league you mentioned you did not like the ottawa one i tend to agree with you was yeah. there one that stood out to you the most to like or dislike like to like uh I'm going to disqualify myself from the uh, Ranger one because I own a Liberty one because, you know, Mike Richter wore it. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. even people in Pennsylvania could get behind that. Um, but I actually, I'm going to give it to the Florida Panthers because it makes me think of Pavel Bore. And, oh, yeah. You know, and his, I remember him on a trading card with that, with that jersey, and he scored like maybe 60 goals for them. In, in that logo. And so I, I like what the Panthers did. Yeah, the palm tree hockey stick logo is the only Florida Panthers look that I have ever liked. I didn't <laughs> like their original logo. I don't like their current logo. I would never buy any of that merch. I would put money down on this jersey. Yeah, this is a nice out. jersey. It yeah. is. Um, the Dallas Stars one is nice. It's kind of classy. I think that's good. Um, the Islander one, it's just so crazy, right? Like, I nobody, love the fisherman. I love nobody it. liked it back in the day, though. Nobody. It was oh, a, it I was a it. joke. Everybody made a joke. Flyers fans made a joke of it. Islanders fans, Ranger fans, everybody made a joke of it. But I get it. It's you know, it's kind of like the Kramer, like the picture. You know how they used to say it's grotesque, but I can't look away. It's like that. I absolutely love that design. I think the Arizona Coyotes one is fantastic. Very nice. Yeah, actually. Act cacti at the bottom of it i think I it's like really it. cool it may have been the best one i've ever seen from them yeah i think uh the, the kachina i think is like the pinnacle of hockey jerseys i gotta say but this it comes pretty close yeah i also really like the ducks one because i like the mighty ducks look although we were talking about this beforehand i like it better when they did it in eggplant for the anniversary edition of it than like the current colors, but uh, nonetheless, I like the Mighty Ducks. Design. I hate it. It's the failure of the name, the Mighty Ducks, the failure of Emilio Estevez and his career. 
Go look up Men at Work, where he did with Charlie Sheen. They were both garbage men. Whoever wrote that script, man. Um, it just They got th- paid. They did get paid. Uh, there's nothing in my in my eyes to like it. I, the only thing I'll say is I I actually know the former CFO of the uh, Anaheim Ducks. I went to school with his wife, and so I'll be nice to the Ducks. Like that's I'll draw the line there, and that's where I'll end it. But I do not like it. You know, as far as ones I didn't like, I didn't like the Detroit and Chicago ones that were just the striping. Detroit ones, just ugly. Yeah, they're just like boring striped. Boring, yeah. Oh, not much going on there, but lots to talk about with those. Uh, let us know your favorite reverse retros out there and what you think of the Cooperalls. I want to quickly get to uh, a side note from the Lucas Sedlak acquisition via waivers. Uh, I think Colorado needed a body in place of that. So they claimed Dryden Hunt from the New York Rangers. Which Who's I a better think- player. That's an upgrade. Yeah. But I also, just as a petty person, I'm glad that the Rangers lost somebody because the Flyers <laughs> did something. They were just trying to get cap compliant, the Rangers. Like they I had know. to do it. But- I know, but... It just all comes back, and I'm petty sure. about the Rangers. But so that's an upgrade for Colorado. Like, they were smart about yeah. it. Yeah, they they were. You know, we did talk yesterday a little bit about the Flyers' lack of a captain. We talked about mm-hmm. Scott Lawton being the only one to wear an A. And I want to get into that a little bit more, and we will do that coming up after we talk about Bet Online. BetOnline.net's your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. The season is in full swing, and so is Locked On's game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On game-to-game covers every hockey game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. You can follow game-to-game on the Locked On NHL channel, which is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, we talked yesterday about Scott Lawton being the only one to wear an A so far this season and how uh, we thought maybe there would be some more rotation on that. I theorized that maybe he would have given it to Cam Atkinson if he was playing uh, at this time. But I do think that towards it, it would like behoove him to let some other people wear it and give them a chance to show that they deserve it. And there's definitely been some players who have stepped up and maybe could. Yeah. I, I think there's players that could. The question is why is a coach sort of using this as currency? Like uh, to me, it's, it's, it shouldn't be about that. Like if you really think that Scott Lawton is the only guy worthy of an A after all of training camp and these first four games, you need to look again as a coach. I just, you know, I don't understand the thinking. I'm sure Lawton's not thrilled with it. I'm sure he's happy that he has one, but I'm sure he's like, 
you know, it's, it's weird for him too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get it. It does isolate him. That's a great word. Yeah. I think that it puts a weird spotlight on him that they're trying to create this team mentality and us against the world because of, you know, lowered expectations and, and all of that. And, and I just think that it's not fair to Scott Lawton. Uh, they should at least have one other person who's wearing it. You know, maybe there's a forward and a defenseman, like you had suggested Ivan Provorov. He's should have great. It. He has played great. And I think he's just leading by example out there. Like he's not a words guy. He's a play no. guy. Yeah. And so I, I think that he would be a really great option. I think Travis Konechny would be a really He'd great be a option. terrific option. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that we get some more guys in A's just to kind of spread the wealth a little bit, but, you know, as a reward and to make Scott Lawton feel less like the cheese standing alone. Right. Yeah. I mean, but so far he hasn't, which again, I've never seen this, so I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. Well, uh, of course I just said cheese, which makes me think of the color yellow, which makes me think of the Nashville predators. How mm -hmm. about that transition, Russ? Love it. <laughs> Okay. We are, of course, facing the Nashville Predators on Saturday and then the San Jose Sharks on Sunday. Nashville Predators are a real interesting case study this season. It's kind of fascinating what's going on with them. And there, I think, are a little bit of echoes of the Flyers from last season in both the Preds and the Sharks. But uh, with the Preds specifically, they won that back-to-back -back global series against uh, those very San Jose Sharks pretty handily and then oh, yeah. came home and just have not been able to scrape together an effective game and a win. Uh, they lost two games against the Stars. They most recently lost to the LA Kings in a shootout after blowing a lead. Uh, they did play Columbus last night. We're recording before we know the results of that game. So maybe they turned it around and won. But I, I think that they've been having some serious problems with cohesiveness on that team. Yeah, they, whatever reason, for whatever reason, Nashville, the minute guys put on that jersey in Nashville, they can't score. Clearly, it doesn't hold that way overseas, but it just seems that way. And, and I don't get it. They I didn't pick them for the playoffs, but I think they're like a playoff bubble team. And I don't love UC Soros as a goalie, but he's certainly a good goalie. I just don't think he's a great goalie. But well, yeah, he's I, been having some problems recently. Um, yeah, and it doesn't shock me. He's allowed at least three goals in his last three starts. And so yeah. it, it makes me wonder whether or not we're going to see him against the Flyers. I don't think we will. I I, I think we'll we'll see Lankin in. But, but, yeah, I'm not a big Soros guy. So that none of that shocks me. But I was at least giving him the benefit of the doubt for now. But, I, you know, I'm not – that's the reason I didn't pick him for the playoffs because I don't think he's going to lead him there. But as far as the team, I mean, they're – they're a big, tough team. They they do have uh, a lot of young scorers. Ily Tovenin is one of them. Their defense is still pretty damn good. Roman Yossi is superhuman, so they do have that going for them. Uh, they, you know, Duchesne's still a really good player. Last year he had a bounce back. I mean, they mm -hmm. still have enough there. I like Philip Tomasino, another young player who's really good. But yeah, it's it's strange that they're going to struggle, and you know, maybe this is going to end up costing John Hines in the end. They've been going through coaches like crazy there. I don't know. Ryan McDonough got added. You know Ryan McDonough is going to do well against the Flyers. It's just it's almost a given. Of course. You know, that's, you know, even though he is a little bit longer in the tooth and a little bit, you know, um, 
more beat up. I, I watched him the other day. He's still very effective. He's just not the same like maybe three years ago. But, you know, he's still going to cause problems. This is a team where they're going to come in and they're going to welcome that tough game. They're going to welcome the toughness. And here's the thing that really confused me with Torts. He said Zach McEwen needs to score more. Has he ever watched Zach McEwen? Like, at any length of time, for any length of time, is he really expecting scoring out of him? I don't know, man. I think that uh, that's that's an issue of a coach really not understanding who he has yet. Yeah. But, you know, I do want to talk about John Hines, though, with Nashville, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he has been kind of under the hot seat a little bit recently. And, yeah. you know, I was talking about that game against the Kings where they lost in a shootout. A big problem with that game for Nashville was staying out of the box. They had nine penalties in that game. Six of those nine were committed in the offensive zone or the neutral zone. So it wasn't even like defensive zone, we've got to prevent a goal kind of penalties. This was like big mistakes. And I think that when you're comparing Hines and the Pred style of play to Torts and his demands for aggressiveness – you have like an interesting comparison there because I think that Torts likes that aggressive style of play, but isn't going to let his players cross the line unless he absolutely needs them to for momentum changes or whatever. Like if he sees you do it as a mistake, he's going to call you out as a player for it. But Hines is just like struggling with this. Like his players don't know what they're doing and he can't figure out how to make it better. Right. Yeah, and that's why I think they're going to fall back on the um, the physical part, and mm-hmm. maybe this turns into like that Flyers Ottawa game years ago that I missed that had like I don't know hundred <laughs> hundred oh, something penalty minutes. You yeah. know, yeah, I just wonder like can the Flyers take advantage of this on the power play? And you know, while they yeah, have they actually the practice of- it. Maybe do you get? Yeah. Let me let me ask you this basic question. And again, you know, I've been busy. I haven't been to practice. But it, there's no way they could be practicing the power play at great length with the way that it looks when they're in game. I don't know either because I haven't been there myself, but they definitely should be. That's for sure. It is weird because, again, they are scoring a power play goal a game. Yeah, so one, far. but they're getting five but, in some of these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just getting too many opportunities to not score more than one. And Correct. while they're out there, it feels like they're doing well for that you know, five to 10 seconds that gets them that goal. But what they're getting the rest of the time out there on the power play isn't quite as good. And so if the Preds can take a lot of penalties again, that would be great. So the Flyers I mean, the Preds are practice. The, with Yossi and we can get and power play two out there. Yeah. Oh, well, does power play two even exist? Or is that in our minds? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Roman Yossi out there is certainly going to create odd man chances for as many mm-hmm. as they got. So they're going to get Duchesne too, if he's out there on the PK, they have some fast guys that are going to create that. So that's something the Flyers have to be very careful of and, and, and really mindful of. I think that this game in Nashville, it could go South, like you said, pretty quickly with the mm-hmm. physical play. But if the Preds are, are as messy as they have been and couldn't get it, together against Columbus and are going into this game, you know, tired and uh, still a little discombobulated, the Flyers could take advantage of that. I mean, that's assuming they don't fall behind early on, like they have in every one of these other games. Like that's a weird thing that's happening. And I, I, and I get it. They've battled back 
you know, to win some of them, but not the last one. Like that kind of stuff, you know, never lasts. And you would think we would see quotes or hear quotes from John saying that, listen, we can't be playing from behind like this. But I haven't heard enough about that, to be honest. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen all of what he said. But at the same time, I think that, you know, creating and establishing leads to him is maybe the next step in terms of priorities, in terms of playing the right way, whatever that means. He wants them to play the right way first, and then he'll demand. Yeah, the standard. He wants the standard the way he wants it. And fine. I mean, you might be right on that, but it's like, so you're going to go through, like, I don't know, the first 10 games being playing from behind in all 10. Like, that would be bad if that happens. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Well, the Flyers do have another opponent this weekend. It is the San Jose Sharks, and we will talk about them coming up next. Russ, we could have an interesting situation with the game on Sunday against the San Jose Sharks because as of recording, they have lost all five games of their season so far. They played the Rangers last night. Don't know the results of that game, but we can maybe guess that the Rangers will win that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although David Quinn's going to try real hard to beat his former team, though. He is. Yes, he is. He absolutely is. And so I think there's some of that factor there, but uh, the Sharks could be coming into Philadelphia as a winless team and see the Flyers as an opportunity to turn that around. Yeah. um, You know, Oscar Lindblom will certainly try and do his best against his former Uh, team, which is going to hurt a lot of people. Uh, that's going to be a moment. I know there's going to oh, be yeah. a tribute and it's going to oh, yeah. like murder me inside. Be prepared. Uh, Nick Bonino on the wing. I don't get, he's a very effective mm. center. I don't, but again, they're trying to create more offense. So that's an interesting one. I, I like their top line. I have always liked Luke Cunning and I think uh, he, he could be good. Sturm is always a guy who's tricky. You know, they have some guys. Timo Meyer is is terrific. Hurdle's terrific. I mean, so they still have some offensive guys. Look, Eric Carlson's still Eric Carlson. He may not be great anymore, but he's still pretty effective. And, you know, Ferraro is a guy that can very much surprise you. So this is still a team, even though they're defeated. Um, and, again, they may have finally gotten their first win. We don't know. But this is a team that at home is going to really put it on. And the fact that it's on the end of a back-to-back for the Flyers, it's going to, I think it'll be challenging at the beginning of that game for sure. One of the things the Flyers could take advantage of is that um, interestingly, both the Preds and the Sharks are, are two of the worst three teams in the league so far on the power play. Um, the Sharks were at 5.3% before last night's game and have allowed two shorthanded goals. And obviously that's something that the Flyers are doing on the PK. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's a, a little a glimmer there of something they could take advantage of. And um, the Sharks are actually in the negative when it comes to goals on the power play. <laughs> that the, Which is just- hard to do. I know it's re- and it's early yet, but yes. still, it's uh, even early. That's hard to do. Um, but you know, the Sharks also have not allowed a goal yet when shorthanded, so their PK is pretty good. Yeah, 
Yeah, they, again, they do have some fast and and talented guys. Uh, Carlson probably still on the PK for them, and but I just you you look at this game and you figure at home the Shark Tank's never an easy place to win in, just in general, you know. And so I I think this you know if I'm Torts, I'm like this is the game we have to get the lead in, like we well, have to at home for the Flyers. Oh, this one's at home. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This is with. That's right. The Phillies are playing that day. I, I forget. My mind slipped on that one. Uh, yeah. So at home, uh, it'll be a little different. It'll be one of those that, you know, the Flyers certainly um, should be able to take advantage of. Sunday night games. I don't know. Energy wise, I do worry about that a little bit from any team. I think Sunday night games are just brutal. I get it. It's just like an awkward time to do anything. It is. And so you do wonder. Uh, you know, and again, you hope the Flyers don't get um, distracted by the Phillies and what's going on there. I'm sure once they close the door to the locker room, they'll be fine. But, you know, again, those Sunday night games, yeah, I don't love it for for energy's sake. And so we'll see. I don't think there's going to be a lot of fans there because of what's going on with the Phillies. This could be one of the worst attended games uh, the Flyers have had in the last five years. They may have a certain amount of tickets sold, but there's as far as people actually showing, not going to be good well i think you know on the ice there are some other things that the flyers really need to focus on i I think that um one of the things the sharks have been able to do well is score off like set plays off of a draw and so i think that the flyers are gonna have to pay close attention to that and really work defensively to not allow those set plays to happen uh, against them in this game against the Sharks. And I think that, you know, again, they're going to have to try and match some speed here that I know like the Sharks are a little older in some areas, um, but I think that the they do still have some guys with speed and hurdle. Like, oh, man, I love watching him play. Yeah, he's, but, he's really good. Uh, I do wonder, like, yeah, they do have some slower guys, no doubt. Their bottom six is not going to be as fast as their top six. But I do wonder uh, if the Flyers can win D-zone draws because they're not mm-hmm. doing great on that. And so that's something where we have to see how they do with that. Yeah, I think that's going to be really important um, to your point, especially because their face-offs have not been great so far. So, And you kind of wonder about that. Like for all the things they've kind of been working on in camp, that's definitely one of them that it seems to have slipped through the cracks. I don't know, man. It's going to be an interesting weekend, but I certainly hope that the Flyers can get some points out of it and uh, continue at least a lot of the positive things that they have been doing. I know we've been focusing on, you know, what the Preds and Sharks are up to, but the Flyers have done some really good things. And in terms of, you know, some plays, they've had some players stand out like Konechny, like Lawton. um, And I think that you know, the getting the defense activated and continuing that, but also being de- responsibly defensive as well. I think that'll be a huge part of the weekend, but uh, this could be the game that fun. said, sorry. Yeah. This could be the game that said like it's in instead of like Lisinski. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. 
yeah, I think that's an important point as well. See where he slots in in the lineup. But uh, Russ, you did mention the Phillies game. And Mm -hmm. uh, that is our Flyers fun thing in that the Flyers said they're going to open the Wells Fargo Center early on Sunday. So if you don't have tickets to the Phillies game, you can come and you have tickets to the Flyers game. You can come early. They'll have, you know, the game on big screens. You can get cheap food and drinks in the food hall there. So you can make a day of it and we'll watch the Phillies and hang out. It's not a bad move. I can tell you back in the day, um, when the Nets, the New York Nets, this is back when Dr. J was in the ABA, they were in going through their championship run. Uh, we were watching the Islanders too. They rolled in some TVs and we were watching like Islanders Sabres. I think it was after the game. So it was really good. So like, you know, I, I appreciate that as a sports fan. I'll go and do that. Yeah, the, uh, there's a lot of fun, like doubleheader kind of things like that. that- yes the the teams can do and uh hopefully it goes well for the flyers and the phillies this weekend fingers crossed we will be back on monday we will recap those two games we'll have our nemesis not the phillies game week well yes the president sharks game (laughs) but uh we do have our friends over at lockdown phillies for that purpose as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.